LifeBridge Online. Thank you for participating with us online once again. We are praying that God's Word will speak to your life as you listen to this uh, podcast or if you're watching this message on YouTube or one of the social media platforms. We want you to know that we are praying that everything we communicate that you receive uh, over the internet, onto your TVs, your devices, will bless you, will encourage you, uh, and will help you grow in your faith. Let's pray, and then we're going to get into our next sermon on Core 52. Father, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity. Uh, God, only you can can use the, the power of technology uh, and be present in both places. God, we can feel your spirit here uh, in this room where we are teaching and we're recording, uh, where we're opening up your word and we're, we're talking to an audience, God, that isn't even going to watch this for a few more days. And your presence can be felt with them as they watch this. God, you, you have that amazing ability and we are grateful for that. Father, as we talk about the covenant, uh, as we talk about the, the agreement that you made between, between you and, and, and mankind, God, I pray that what we talk about today as we look into Abraham and see the example of, of, of the blood covenant there, and then we see Jesus, and we see our responsibility, and we see our end of the agreement. Father, I pray that we live up to our side of things. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending your son. We ask these things in your name. Amen. So a couple weeks ago, if you've been following along, I mentioned that uh, the LifeBridge community, our church, is going to be launching a Facebook group. And so we're going to be rolling that out uh, in, in the weeks to come. It's certainly going to be later on uh, in, in February. We're going to roll that out in-house. Uh, we're going to do some things here. And then we're going to open it up to... Uh, the, 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 the world. We're going to open up to anybody that wants to, to join and be part of that. Now, I want to talk about this because when, when you join, you're going to be asked to agree to a few rules. Uh, remember what we say around here, uh, at least at LifeBridge, is that relationships without rules lead to rebellion. Uh, we, we love the relational environment. Uh, we spend uh, most of our ministry is done in small relational environments, uh, and, and they've got to have some guidelines. And so as you join, we're going to ask you to agree to them. It's a, it's a few simple rules, and it's going to take you less than two minutes to read it. And then we're just going to ask you to click the button that says, I accept these terms. Now, I say that, um, I don't know if you are guilty of this, but a little confession here. I, I have lied many times when it comes to the internet and clicking that little box that reads, I have read and agree to these terms. 
And I don't know about you, and maybe it's just me, but I am guilty of just scrolling to the bottom of this agreement and clicking and accepting and moving on. How about you? Do you, do you read through those end user agreements? You know, they say that the number one lie on the internet is that very thing, that I have read and agree to those terms. Yeah, I, I feel like we're all in the same boat when it comes to this. But whether you realize it or not, some of those agreements that we pass over and lie about reading have some crazy stipulations or crazy clauses that we have actually agreed to without realizing it. For instance, let me read a couple of these to you. Uh, there's one software company, uh, they have a disclaimer one of the things that you agree to with this particular software company is that they can come to your home and they can audit your purchase software any hour of the night. I mean, you think about that. Like, that, like that's written into the rules somewhere that they could actually come to your home if they wanted to, if you use this particular software, and you can be audited by them in the middle of the night, it says. Uh, iTunes, that's certainly one that many people are familiar with. Uh, iTunes says that uh, you will not use these products for any purposes prohibited by United States law, including, without limitation, the development, the design, manufacture, or production of nuclear, missiles, chemical, or biological weapons. Did you know that? Did you know that every time you have clicked, if you're an iTunes person, if you have their apps, if you have anything from the iTunes store, the books, you have somewhere in there, you have agreed to the fact that you will not use uh, their products for any purposes related to the production of nuclear missiles, chemical or biological weapons. Uh, there's another company that they kind of took a different approach a PC Pit Stop wrote into their end user agreement that they would give the first person to read that agreement, to accept the terms, and to submit proper correspondence a thousand dollars. And they tell us that it took over 3,000 downloads before someone read the end user license agreement and turned it in. Here's the thing, we enter into agreements often and we don't give a second thought to the terms of the deal. We just wanna use the product and get on with life. Well, this week in our Core 52, we are talking about this very thing, agreements. Agreements between God and man. Now, the Bible word for agreement is covenant. And a covenant is an agreement between two parties that includes conditions, terms, and the often forgotten consequences. And the Bible, especially the Old Testament, is full of agreements between, me, between man and God. The first was Adam and God. Right? I mean, we talked about the creation story a couple weeks ago. We talked about the fall last week. Hey, you're going to live in the garden with everything that's going to be provided for you. Uh, it's simple. Don't eat the fruit. 
off of, off of this tree, you're going to get utopia. You're going to get eternal life. You're never going to die. You're never going to feel pain. You're never going to feel hurt. All of this stuff is going to be just, uh, just this outstanding moment in time where you, you've got to do nothing, but don't eat the fruit. And if you break agreement, you get death. Then you have the final agreement. That is the agreement between God and Adam. There's covenants with Moses. There's covenants with Abraham we'll talk about. There's covenants with David. There's covenants all throughout the Old Testament. The final agreement is between God and the entire human race. This is the, the new covenant found in the New Testament. If you have faith in Jesus in this life, you will receive an eternal reward, an inheritance for your faithfulness. If your faith is split between Jesus and the world, or your faith is in the world alone, then you receive eternal punishment. This new covenant that God has made with the world is more than a business deal. This, this new covenant, is, it's more than just some transaction that took place. Within the working of this new covenant, God is providing a way for you and I to not end up in eternal punishment. Like that's the ultimate working here. Like God's like, I've got this agreement for you, but within this agreement, I am keeping you out of eternal pain and suffering. You know, at church, we like to sing the song Waymaker. I, th I think a group Leland is the one that uh, wrote that song and, and, and sang it first. And, and we love to sing that song uh, because it talks about the, this God that we worship who makes a way and then it gives him other attributes. It talks to him about other things. He's a miracle worker. He's a promise keeper. He does all these things. And God certainly is, is all that stuff, but he is a way maker. And that is the very thing that God is doing within these covenants that he has made, especially the final, co the, the final covenant, the new covenant. The process of the covenant and what the motivation of the agreement is all about, God making a way for you and I. Because if God doesn't extend the olive branch, if he doesn't reach out to us and say, you know what, I'm going to offer you up this agreement. I'm going to offer you this covenant. Without that, we have no way. We're going to live this life and then we're all going to end up eternally punished. But God says, no, no. Within the workings of these covenants, God is making a way for you and I. If you have your Bibles, we're going to look at uh, an example uh, of one of the first covenants. It's the covenant with Abraham. You kind of see this played out in a little bit greater detail with Abraham than you do some of the, the other uh, parties involved. And so Genesis 15 verses 1 through 8 is where we're going to start. And then we're going to pick it up again in verse 9 and read some more verses. So Genesis 15, sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and your reward will be great. 
But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a single son? Since you've given me no children, Eleazar of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so one of my servants will be my heir. Then the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son for of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside, and he said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you are going to have. Verse 6, And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him righteous because of his faith. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you up out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Now, this is not the first interaction between God and Abraham. Now, God's made these promises. And just like you and I, Abraham thinks that God is going to fulfill these on Abraham's timeline. You're going to make me a great nation. Well, I, I'm ready for that now. Like, I, I've got to have a son, so that's got to happen now. And, and it doesn't happen on Abraham's timeline. And, and so Abraham, even though it didn't happen on his timeline, it didn't happen when he wanted it to or how he thought it would, Abraham still trusted God. And because of this faith, God considered him to be a righteous man. And so there's that dialogue. Abraham asked the question, it's been some time, Lord, since you first did this. How can I be sure that this is actually going to happen? So this is where we get into the covenant. Pick it up in verse 9 of chapter 15. The Lord told him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Sounds like a Christmas song, right? So Abram presented all these to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side. He did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. As the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and a terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, You can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land, where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, and in the day and in the end they will come away with great wealth. As for you, Abram, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land, for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. After the sun went down and darkness fell, Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch pass between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the great Euphrates rivers. Wow, what a scene, right? Like Abram asked the question, how, how will I know 
that I'm going to possess this? How do I know that what you're saying is actually going to come true? And, and so Abraham, or God tells Abraham, says, bring me a heifer, bring me a goat, and bring me a ram, some turtle doves, and a pigeon. And I'm not sure what all of that is about, to be honest with you. He took these animals that walked along the ground. He, he sacrificed them to the Lord. He split them open, and he laid them out on, on, on two sides. Each, each animal split into half on two sides. The two halves of the sacrifice symbolized the two parties in the agreement. If either broke the agreement, they deserved to die like the sacrifices. The smoking oven or the flaming torch represented God's holiness. Uh, it represents God's guidance in this journey. All the aspects of the covenant agreement were predictors of things to come. Yeah, it sounds kind of weird to you and I, but when God is going to make an agreement, when he's going to make a covenant with his people or with people, there's going to be blood sacrifice. We, we simply shake hands and I know Jesus comes on the scene later on and he, he tells us that when we enter into conversations that we should just let our yes be yes and our no be no, that we our words should be binding. But with God, it's, it's so much bigger. And, and this is a major point of emphasis in the Old Testament. Okay, here's what God is saying to Abraham. Abraham, because of your faithfulness, I'm going to bless your family line for generations to come. People thousands of years from now will be impacted because of this agreement. Now, in this dialogue between Abraham and God, God foreshadows what's to come for the generations that will follow Abraham. He's like, your descendants, they're going to be strangers in a foreign land. And they're going to be oppressed, they're going to be slaves, and, and, and they're going to be there for four centuries. However, I'm going to set them free. And they're going to come out of that they're going to come out of that with great wealth. In this covenant with Abraham, God the waymaker is making a way for other nations to come to him. Do you, do you get that? Like, that's where God is going with this whole thing. He, he's going to allow his people to end up in bondage through the workings of Joseph, moving the family there. They're going to grow up in Egypt. They're going to be prosperous. They're going to grow. They're going to end up becoming slaves. And God is going to allow all of that to happen so that he can redeem them and he can bring them back to that promised land and they will live their lives. This is God's desire. They will live their lives as an example for other nations and the way they live their life is going to attract outside nations to God. God is making a way for other people to come to him. Now, once sin entered the world, God had this plan. His people, those who are faithful to him, will always draw outsiders to him. Listen to the original offer that God gives to Abraham. It's found in Genesis 12, a few chapters over. 
The Lord said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. You and I today are blessed through Abraham. You know, Mark Moore in our reading, if you're playing along at home and, and you're following along in the Core 52 book, he, he says this in regards to this part of the covenant. Most of the Jewish rabbis understood the promise to mean that nations who adopted Israel, who came to her and repented, would be blessed because of their conver conversion. It was an inward-focused perspective on religion. Come to Israel, become Israel, and you'll be blessed with Israel. There were some rabbis, however, Jesus among them, who understood the promise of Abraham to be outward-focused. Outsiders don't come to us, but we are to go to them. The earth will be blessed because we leave our homes to go to where God leads and say what God has said. This act of extending the fame of our God would result in the inclusion of all cultures, not the protection of a single culture. Church, God is making a way for people who do not even realize they need a way to be made for them. The world is full of people right now living life and they're not even, they don't even realize that they need a way to be made for them. They, they, they think that life just happens and they have many different thoughts about what happens when you die. They don't even realize that there is something else beyond death. And all the covenants God made with people in the past, they were all culminated when Jesus steps onto the scene. The new covenant that Jesus is making is no longer about, hey, just a certain people group being faithful to God and drawing others to him. That, those were the old covenants. That was the covenant with Abraham. This group of people will be a, a light in the darkness to other people. They will draw other people to God. That was... That was the old covenant, the new covenant that Jesus is here to make an agreement with you and I about is about anyone, anyone, you, me, the guy running the gas station clerk, the tribal leader in, in some African bush. The new covenant is about anyone who has faith in God to take on the role of bringing outsiders to him. The New Testament is the agreement between God and all of mankind, Jews and Gentiles alike. Instead of animal sacrifice signifying the importance of the agreement, it was human sacrifice on a cross. God upped the ante. Instead of using animals he gave us his son. 
the gravity of this covenant does not get any more serious than this. There, there's not going to be another covenant. Like this is the final, the new, the last covenant that God is making as he reaches out and he allows his son while we were still sinners to die on the cross for us. And here's the terms of the deal. In this life, we learn to live a better life as we live in a surrendered relationship to Jesus. Our life actually improves when we submit to the authority of Jesus Christ in our life. In the long term, it gets even better. We gain eternal life. We gain an inheritance. Our end of the bargain, however, is that we show complete faithfulness to him. In this sold out fidelity to Jesus, we're to be outward focused. We're to leave our homes to go where God leads and say to others, what God has said to us. We know God has held up his portion of the covenant because in three days, Jesus rose from the grave. Are you keeping your end of the agreement? Until next week. You are Miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. You way make, miracle work, promise keep, light in the darkness.